Support for this season of Check the Pantry comes from Bay Realty. Bay Realty has been listing and selling homes, lots, acreage, multifamily, commercial properties, and property management in the southern Kenai Peninsula since 1974. Learn more and view current listings at bayrealtyalaska.com or by calling 235-6183. Additional support for Check the Pantry comes from the Grog Shop Wine Club, which each month provides members with two or three bottles of unique wines that are currently unavailable in the Homer market. These wines are curated by Patrick Driscoll, who has worked at Michelin Star Restaurants in New York and is the only Level 3 sommelier in Alaska. More information at 235-5101. Pumpkins aren't just for pies and jack-o'-lanterns. Today, we're taking pumpkin and pecan pie, throwing out the crust for an eclair shell and whipping up pastry cream to fill it, and praline for the top. We'll also head into Terry Ribble's kitchen to make a pumpkin chili. From KBBI in Homer, Alaska, my name's Jeff Lockwood, and it's time to check the pantry. Most of us are aware that the pumpkin is a close relative of the entire squash family, but most of us probably aren't aware that the pumpkin is the exact same species as zucchini, yellow squash, and spaghetti squash, cucurbita pepo. The genus name might ring a bell with gardeners. The cucurbits also include cucumbers, melons, and watermelons in their ranks. Synonymous in wider American food culture with Thanksgiving dinner, In northern states, at least, the domesticated pumpkin, like so many other foods that are now staples across the world, originated in Mexico, probably around 7,000 years ago. It entered Euro-American culture the way the ground from which it grew did, forcibly taken from its custodians. It was easy to grow and kept well, and if it was not the most exciting food around, it was at least reliable. Plus, early colonial New England was greatly lacking in skilled tradesmen, including barley malters and so whatever fermentable sugars they could find were turned into beer, or something like it anyway. There are extensive references to beer made of pumpkin and hops from the 1600s, but the popularity of pumpkin beer mysteriously declined rapidly as malted barley's availability increased. The pumpkin got its association with Thanksgiving dessert as early as the 1820s, but it wasn't until the meat canner Libby, McNeil, and Libby bought a smaller canned pumpkin-producing company in Illinois a hundred years later that pumpkin pie became iconic. Previously, pumpkin pie or pumpkin anything else meant splitting, seeding, and roasting the thing, then scooping out the pulp when it was finally soft. A lot of work before you even start to make dessert. Libby not only sold you the can full of ready-to-go pumpkin, They helpfully developed a recipe for pumpkin pie and put it right there on the can label. Some variation of this recipe is still by far the most common version of pumpkin pie, and Libby's cans account for 85% of the American pumpkin market. Now, earlier I said that pumpkins are the species cucurbita pepo, and they are. Well, most of them are. The pumpkins that make up 85% of our American pumpkin consumption, though, 
are a different species. The same one as butternut squash, Cucurbita machata. In fact, they're all one variety, the Dickinson pumpkin, brought by Elijah Dickinson, a veteran of the War of 1812 from Virginia to Illinois. In the late 19th century, Dickinson's descendants started canning their eponymous pumpkins, and it was this company that Libby's bought to found its pumpkin empire. And almost all of those pumpkins are still grown around Dickinson's original land in Illinois. The pumpkin in your Thanksgiving pie almost certainly comes from pumpkins sprouted from seeds directly descended from a handful brought from Virginia in 1835 and grown in the same soil as their originators. It's not too often you can actually trace the genealogy of your food, but in the case of pumpkin, at least the canned variety, you can. by the way. That was grating into a mortar and pestle. And I dropped in a few allspice, berries, a couple of cloves. Drop in just a little chunk of star anise. Just a couple of points of one of the stars, not a whole lot. And uh, that's all in my mortar and pestle. I also have some ground cinnamon and I've got this cardamom pods. Uh, those are gonna get used here in just a second. And uh, what we're doing today with some pumpkin is pumpkin eclairs, a nod in the direction of the pumpkin pie, a little different. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna make a pumpkin pastry cream. We're gonna make eclair shells with the aforementioned pumpkin pie spice involved in them. Uh, and I think what I'm gonna wind up with is a, uh, is a praline fondant top with pecans, which will combine really the two powerhouses of the Thanksgiving dessert table, which is the pecan pie and the pumpkin pie. So I've got one stick of butter and I've got 230 grams, uh, which is pretty much exactly one cup of water. And this is gonna be the base of my pot for my eclair shells. So pot is really, really simple to make. It's literally melting some butter in some water or some recipes call for milk. And then you add some flour and you stir the flour, you cook the flour for a little bit, and then we add the eggs. And today I am gonna to be making this in my Cuisinart, but you can also make it in a stand mixer. Or if you need your forearm workout, you can make it by hand, beating all the eggs in at the end. I wanna get the butter melted, and I wanna kinda of get this to a bare little simmer. Let me go ahead and add my spices right now so they get nice and infused. I've got my bread flour, I got a cup of bread flour. And I'm adding that and I'm just gonna stir and stir and stir. And this whole part, we're stirring, it'll first it'll come together in kind of a loose sort of crumbly mass. Turn my heat down a little bit. Basically you're gonna cook this for generally somewhere between three and five minutes. So we're cooking out some of the water, we're changing the characteristics of the flour so that it will, it will have enough strength that in the heat of the oven, the steam inside of it will start to expand and it'll puff the whole thing up. It's leaving just a little bit of a kind of opaque film behind. It gets to have, now it's got like a definitively kind of cooked flour smell. It's also mixed in this case with some sort of delicious smelling spices. So I'm gonna go ahead and turn that off. And you can take your time at this point because we're gonna let this dough cool a little bit because the next thing we're gonna add is eggs and we do not want the eggs to curdle. 
so I can get going on the next project. I would love to say that uh, using only the, the finest pumpkins grown from a delightful pumpkin patch tended by some grizzled old farmer fertilized with the dung of his merry sheep and goats on an idyllic homestead overlooking Ketchumac Bay. But I live in the real world, unfortunately. So I am opening a can of <laughs> pumpkin puree, 100% pure pumpkin. One option with the pastry cream would be to actually cook the puree in with the pastry cream. The trouble is with that is that particularly with kind of thick and heavy starchy things like that, you're still even, even though you are going to strain it after you make the pastry cream, it's still, a lot of times it'll still have kind of a heavy texture. It's not as smooth, it's not as velvety as you really want pastry cream to be. So I got a quart of milk here and I'm just gonna pour it on top of the pumpkin. And I'm gonna let it sit overnight. And what's gonna happen is the milk is gonna absorb a lot of that pumpkin flavor. It's gonna sit overnight in the fridge and then tomorrow I'm gonna strain it out. And we're gonna get this really, really gorgeous kind of lightly orange milk that has a really strong pumpkin flavor, but doesn't have a heavy texture. Cover that up into the refrigerator, it will go. So let's carry on with our eclairs here. They are fairly cool. My flour, water, butter mixture is now very nice temperature. We're not gonna curdle the eggs. I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna add the eggs one at a time. Smells really good. So people say you can add them all at once. You probably can. You probably can. But I learned how to do it this way, so. And you can kind of hear that the, the sound sort of changed from when you first start, it's pretty loose, um, but once you add the final egg, then it sort of, it doesn't quite come together in like a ball, but it definitely becomes a, a coherent, if shaggy substance. <laughs> Pretty sticky. So the next thing I gotta do is pipe my eclairs. And this is one of those good learning experiences for everybody because I can't find any of my pastry bags. <laughs> I don't know where any of them are, but that's okay because as long as you have parchment paper, you have a pastry bag. So I got a star tip. I rolled up a cone of parchment paper and I taped it all together so it's a nice cone. In fact, it looks pretty much just like a pastry bag. I'm gonna load it up just like a pastry bag and I'm going to pipe just like a pastry bag. You know, as long as you have parchment paper, you never have to worry about pastry bags. It's a little easier, of course, to deal with an actual pastry bag. They have the nice coating on the inside, so it tends to be a little easier to to work and to handle and purpose-built tools, so it's always a little nicer, but in a pinch, you can use parchment paper, but you don't even need a tip, really. You know, I just, I like star tips for eclairs just because I think they look nice, but you could just as easily, if you don't have any tips, you can very easily do this with just the bottom of the, the raw, the naked bottom of, of the pastry bag and make straight, straight, unlined, undecorated eclairs, and that's totally fine. First thing, pipe and pot a shoe. Always a good idea to pipe little shots in the corner of your sheet pan. I've just got a half sheet pan here. And if you pipe a little dot of pot a shoe in each corner, then you can stick your parchment paper down on top of that and your parchment paper will not lift up as you pipe your eclairs or whatever shoe paste masterpiece you're doing. But I'm gonna, I want these to be a fairly generous size. So I'm gonna pipe maybe five inches 
And I'm going to pipe two right next to each other. And then I'm going to pipe one on top. So a little sort of pyramid. And they will attach to each other very nicely in the heat of the oven. So I'm going to give about an inch and a half between them because they are going to expand. And then we'll do it again. Gonna keep going here until we're done. <laughs> My oven is nice and hot. It is. That is important because hot a shoe when you're baking it needs to go into a really hot oven because all of the initial lift comes from steam. What's the timing for my trusty old Eclair recipe that has served me well over the years? Bake at 450 degrees for 10 minutes, then reduce the temperature to 350 degrees for 30 minutes, then turn the oven off and ideally let them sit in the oven with a wooden spoon or something propping the door open a little bit to let them dry out because it's really important that they fully cook and fully, fully crisp up. Otherwise, they can deflate and nobody wants deflated eclairs. We'll fill these guys tomorrow after we make the pastry cream. I let my uh, pumpkin puree steep in the milk overnight and then I strained it out. I squeezed it out through a, uh, a filter bag. You can use cheesecloth or whatever. The best way to do it really would be to just take it out and uh, in the fridge and set it over a bowl or something and let it slowly drain out. So that's 750 grams of milk to 192 grams of sugar to a dozen egg yolks. This is gonna be a little bit of an experimental pastry uh, pastry cream because I, I thought that I had cornstarch in the, the pantry and I did not. I did not check the pantry. <laughs> Uh, but I do have tapioca flour, and you're supposed to sub tapioca flour two to one for cornstarch. So my recipe called for 20 grams of cornstarch for 250 grams of milk. So I need about 40 grams of tapioca for every 250 grams of milk. Let's go with 65. So that's 105. That's a little less, and I don't think it. I don't think it'll be a problem. I'm treating the tapioca flour exactly as I would the cornstarch. So I've I've taken all my eggs. And I've uh, beaten the eggs with half the sugar and all of the tapioca flour. I'm curious to see what happens here with this uh, tapioca flour. Just remember, it's okay to fail. In my pan, I have my pumpkin milk and the other half of the sugar, so the other 96 grams of sugar. I just want to bring this milk up to a bare simmer. Drop a little cardamom in there. Give it just a little bit of a an unusual spicy cardamom aroma. Oh yeah, the cardamom in the milk makes the pumpkin a little more pumpkin-y. All right, starting to see a little activity around the edges. So I'm gonna cut the heat. I'm going to pull out my cardamom, wielding my whisk in one hand, and I'm just gonna pour a thin little stream of just a little bit, really gently, so that the egg yolks have time to absorb. Oh of the hot milk without coagulating. Put my strainer back on top of my saucepan and pour my custard mixture because now we have a custard mixture into the saucepan. And now I'm gonna crank it back on to a nice medium-high sort of heat. We're gonna stir until this really starts to thicken up and, and you'll you'll see it start to thicken at the bottom. I'm using a rubber spatula and you'll see it begin to turn into sort of a thick pudding. Process usually does not take very long, depending on your burner, depending on the exact temperature that your milk started at. It's usually three minutes or so. The important thing is to keep digging up at the bottom. 
And when we're hitting that point, it'll usually be right about the boil as well. So it might start to bubble a little bit. It might behave a little bit different uh, with the tapioca than the cornstarch that I'm used to. So I'm going to be a little bit more careful to make sure that it's going to thicken because again, this is the tapioca is kind of an experiment for me. So this definitely has a little bit of different texture than the than the cornstarch ones that I'm used to. It's kind of thickening in spurts a little more like the cornstarch seems to thicken pretty evenly. Whereas this is kind of, there's like some globs and then some less thickened stuff. Giving it a nice vigorous stir. Now, yeah, the whole thing's starting to come together. There we go. So it's a little lumpy looking right now, but pastry cream is almost always kind of lumpy looking when you first take it off of the stove in my experience, which is one of the reasons you run it through the Tammy. But another thing that happens is once you, once you set it up, after you set up their pastry cream, it's gonna look kind of weird. Like it's gonna weep a little bit. It's not gonna look like pudding. After it cools down and sets up, throw it in a mixer or you beat it by hand and then Magically, it turns from kind of this weird sort of rubbery stuff that's not super appealing to pastry cream. All right, so it is in my Tammy. And now, just gonna pass this through. This will smooth it out. This will break up any lumps. This will leave behind any curdled bits. I'm just doing this with a dough scraper. Definitely a little different texture. There's an elasticity that isn't really there with uh, cornstarch, which is slightly concerning. Again, you never can really tell until it cools down completely. And then until you beat it. It's a little lumpy too. I don't know, I'm kind of dubious about this, but we'll see. Even if it's not exactly what I'm looking for when I get done with it, there are ways of, mm, ooh, the flavor's really good. It's quite delicious, so I'm going to do what I always have to do with pastry cream. I got it in a bowl. I'm gonna put some plastic wrap down on the surface so it doesn't get a skin. You wanna cool it down pretty rapidly. So it happens that outside is pretty cold. So I'm just gonna put it out on the porch for a little while. And then once it cools down, come back and beat it. We'll see how it looks. Last step in the pastry cream is gonna be, it's cooled down nicely, pretty quick outside. So we're gonna throw it in the mixer and beat it. And it, it does seem to have settled a little bit. It's not as kind of weirdly elastic as it was when it came right out of the saucepan. And we're gonna whisk this. It is definitely smoothing out quite a bit. The one thing I've forgotten to do is add my vanilla extract. So I'm gonna add a little shot of that while I'm beating this here. That looks pretty good. Smooth. It lost a little bit of graininess that it had. It's very tasty. It's got a nice pumpkin flavor. A little bit of cardamom. Nice shot of vanilla. It is a little less set than I would like it. I'm gonna go ahead and let that sit overnight. Make some decisions in the morning and uh, we'll be stuffing and filling some eclair shells. What are we? What are we cooking? Well, we were gonna make a, a pumpkin sweet Italian sausage sage pasta. But you already made that and you ate it. But already they made that and ate it last week. Sorry, <laughs> it was really good. And I have to make it like once a year just because it's got pumpkin in it. But 
I found this other recipe which kind of looked fun. And it is a pumpkin sweet potato black bean chili. So we've got sweet potato, black beans, and some aromatics in it. And it's supposed to simmer to a velvety pumpkin-infused tomato broth that is uh. ultra-rich and comforting. Oh. So who knows? I don't know. I had some black beans that I cooked up last week, and they needed a home. All so right. they're going in our soup pot today. So um, Pumpkin chili. Yeah. I don't know. It might be good. It might <laughs> not be good. It might might go down the drain. It's a, it's a, it's a very, it sounds like a very Homer dish. It does. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's got black beans and yeah. garlic and sweet potato. and So anyway, it's pretty easy. You just kind of saute the onion and the garlic a little. And then you add your ingredients and you cook it for a little bit. And Let's do that. Let's do it. Okay. So um, I got some sweet potatoes here. And I'm going to peel these. And I, I know you prefer a different peeler, but this is my old <laughs> tried and true. And I, I mean, do, you know. I do have several of the ones that you like, Jeff. That's okay. And, I mean, and you don't have to. You don't have to like the same things. No, I, I you know I like trying new stuff. You know me. <laughs> I, I have way too many things. I love chili. I love. I never chili. make it though. I don't either. You know what? I think I, I uh, overdid it when Mark and I were first married. And I found this recipe for a really good chili, and I made it a lot. And uh, I think I made it too much. Yeah. Gosh, why don't we make this more often, you know? It's it kind of like when you cook meatloaf or something. It's like, this is really good. Why don't I make this more often? So. Um, I mean, I think I, the reason that I don't make chili more often is because I've had to listen to way too many Texans, like, droning on and on and on and on oh. and on and on about how... Which Chili's should be, be in it, and yeah. and like no, be it's like yeah. chowder. There yeah. shouldn't be. I hear chili now, and I'm like, ah, Texans. <laughs> hey. I have kind of an allergic reaction to Texans. And so. I think don't they like not want to put beans in their chili or something like yeah, that? Yeah, well, that's like the number one thing is yeah, okay. no beans in the chili um, in Texas, which is fine. Like I, I can take or leave the beans. I really don't care either way. But uh, uh -huh. yeah, there's a bunch of dumb rules that that they all argue with each other about. Well, like, like, some people say you can't put onions in it. You know? Really? Yeah, it can only be, oh. it can only be, you know, chunks of beef and chilies and right. like, hardly anything else. And I don't know. You know, it's just one of those things that. Well, I've never ate chili in Texas. In fact, did I ever eat anything in Texas? I've been to Texas just driving through <laughs> it. I don't think we eat anything there, but um, I bet you uh, they make some amazing barbecues and that's what they tell you. So I bought these Spanish onions. They're really strong. Oh wow, you're rinsing it. I rinsed it off because it <laughs> seems to help to not cry so much. The best thing to do is get a fan. <laughs> get a fan, Yeah, huh? and blow it, blow it across and it blows the fumes away from your... Uh... Here, let me give you a paper plate. You can fan me while I cut this up. <laughs> I'm only gonna use half, it's a little big. It's, it calls for a small... Some people do it under the hood too. Under the hood? Yeah. Oh, that works. It's just one of those wonderful things. I don't usually use these garlic press things. Yeah. But I feel like using it today. So you're just, gonna use it. You're gonna use it today. I'm gonna use it today just because. I don't know. I want to. <laughs> God, and I tried a million of these. I know. I used to use those, and now I don't use them anymore. I, I, you know, me too. And it's like I never found one that I really liked. Yeah. I, I try to like them and use them. And I'm like maybe I'm just doing something wrong. Yeah. Like you know when you saw me using my pastry blender. And yeah. I said, I don't like doing it that way. And he says, well, it's because you're not doing it right. <laughs> Ew, I got it. All right. 
we have the um, basic onion and garlic mixture and that's just gonna be sauteed up in a little olive oil oh I know the fun thing about this what intrigued me was um, besides it had pumpkin in it was it's got pumpkin beer in it pumpkin beer it's supposed to have pumpkin beer in it but I was too cheap to buy a whole six pack of pumpkin beer because like yeah, who's going to drink the rest who's of it? Who's going to drink? And maybe, you know, if you're, if you're a, a pumpkin beer lover and I don't know you, I'm sorry. So I... Um, no, pumpkin beer is gross. It just doesn't sound right. It's gross. You know? So um, one of my dear friends at the grog shop led me to the um, hard cider department. and pumpkin they have cider. a Pumpkin hard cider. And... So that's what we're going to try to make happen pumpkin hard cider. with our pumpkin today. And um, I also have just a regular Alaskan amber beer if that takes... I can't imagine, though, that the taste of the pumpkin beer would do so much for the Probably not. chili. You know, I, I can't even... I, it, would, it would get lost in it. The flavor would get lost. Oh, there is pumpkin in here. And then a bunch of spices. Isn't that crazy? Huh. Pumpkin cider. Crazy. Well, anyway, we're gonna try it. All right. So, but first I'm gonna saute my onion and garlic in a little olive oil. I, I go through so much of it, I almost think I drink it. Do you buy by the can? I do. <laughs> I do, and there's just two of us. Oh. I know, isn't that crazy? I love it. I mean, I don't know, I haven't died yet. So we're just gonna let that uh, saute up a little bit. And we got pretty much everything else out that we're gonna need. Yeah, you know, we just cook that a little bit and then we add our um, taters and our brown sugar, chili powder, cumin, chipotle chili powder, and cinnamon. I don't have chipotle chili powder. I'm oh, out you of should it. have let me know. I had I have some chipotle. I didn't home. even think to call and ask you. But I do have the the favorite of the guys at Moose Camp. When they go uh -huh. to Moose Camp, they never go out there without their chipotle. Pepper sauce from oh. Tabasco. Oh yeah, that'll work. So we'll give that a shot. I don't want to make it too hot anyway. Mark, yeah. Mark doesn't like a lot of heat, but I, I can't even envision him eating I mean, this. You know, you you could put some of that bacon you got in there. Well, that all was the, my other the, thought. All the chipotle is is like some smoke. You know, is a smoky. So smoky well, that wasn't flavor. my other thought. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I just want to see it and smell it again because I'm really jealous well, of this I, stuff. I, I know. It's like, well, so while you, um, <laughs> I'll talk a little bit and you taste Is this that. the ham? That's the ham trimmings. Oh, man. And Mark and I were just going crazy. Oh, my God. I know. Isn't oh, that wow. amazing? Mm. If, you, if you're, uh, you, you know, I mean, I can't buy a box of crab this year. So I guess I invested my money in ham from a little smokehouse in Arkansas. It is the best bacon and ham you will ever have in your life, I think. It's pretty tasty. I, I mean, they've got it dialed in. They're, they're an old family um, business. Wow. It's just really good. Help yourself to another piece because you, you ain't going to get this again unless you order it. <laughs> and, and I totally think it was worth every penny of shipping. We opened that box and I about tipped over. It smelled so delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I've always had a Good thing for good bacon and good smoked stuff, and it's there's an art to that, don't you think? Yeah, and you, and you can't get decent stuff here. No. Well, that's the thing about Alaska is you get your your standards go way down. 
They do. <laughs> but but then, you know, but then they get high-ended on the other stuff, like the wonderful seafood we yeah. get, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, it was a trade-off this year. Crab, ham, crab, ham. Okay, no crab, we get right. ham. Well, the, the chili's not vegetarian anymore. The what? The chili's not vegetarian anymore. No, I just... <laughs> no, no, no. I don't want to burn my garlic, but I am. Sorry, vegetarians. But if, if you vegetarians want vegetarian chili, just don't put ham in it. <laughs> but I was thinking it would be really good at it. Give it a little smoky nuance, you yeah. know? All right, next seven ingredients. All right, here we go. All right, here we are. Uh, sweet potato. And now we're putting in two teaspoons of uh, brown sugar. You're so exact. I usually, well, we're, on, we're doing the show. Usually I would just dump. I know, with, with, with stuff like this, you can just dump. The chili powder, okay, we gotta put some chili powder in. Two teaspoons of chili powder. Well, you know, it's just kind of a guide too. Once you start tasting it, and you go, ah, oh, it definitely needs more chili powder. You just dump it in, you know. Whoops, <laughs> like that. That don't, works. Don't measure over the pot if you're worried about it, is the, is the lesson. Yeah, don't don't measure over the pot. Yeah. And and like just like cracking the eggs into the unless you know the eggs are amazing. Which mine usually are. Okay, we gotta let this cook for a little bit. Yeah, so are we just cooking the sweet potatoes? Yeah, we're just kinda cooking the sweet potatoes. This looks pretty that's the only actual cooking it, that really needs to happen, isn't it? Yeah, it's just all in a pot <laughs> on the stovetop. Yeah, you you already picked an easy one. I did, I wanted to. <laughs> I, I I did. Well no, I was just intrigued with the the pumpkin part of the soup, and I went, all right. And you know, especially seeing as I um, <clears throat> ate the last recipe we I were know, doing I was together. pretty disappointed. But I'll, I'll make it for you again. Sweet. But but now I'm kind of curious to see how this pumpkin okay. hard cider tastes. Yeah, the pumpkin cider. So if my um. Yeah, well, let's let's give it a shot. All right, let's give it a shot here. Well, that was fun. <laughs> it's quite a large bottle. Ooh. I don't know. I'm dubious, but. All right, well, we, we got to try I'm up this. For, I'm up for anything, so. Totally. It could be really good, you know. I mean, it could be, yeah. I've been wrong. I've definitely been wrong about things before, so. All right. Give it a, give it a taste. Me. All right. I'm going to give it a little taste, too. What does it smell like? Uh, it smells like hard cider. Yeah. All I can taste is um, su sweet <coughs> <laughs> and um, yeah. maybe a little cinnamon. Yeah, I, I'm, not so good, huh? I'm not into that. At uh, okay. All. I mean, maybe it'll be good if you cook it. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, I would not drink more than one sip of that. So <laughs> it, it calls for twelve ounces. All right. Well, you got twelve. You got more so, than twelve ounces. I'm thinking. Should, now, now here's the question, chef to chef: the amber or the pumpkin ale? I mean, I think you should just use that. I do too. I think it'll be fine once it's kind of hidden with other stuff. It's just. Yeah, it's like overly sweet. Yeah. And the, there is a, there is pumpkin, but it's like right on the right uh -huh. right on the first on the first uh -huh. hit of flavor. There's like a little pumpkin, and then there's nothing else. It's All just right. kind of sweet, you know. Yeah, it's just kind of sweet. Yeah, I'm not into that. All right. Well, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> I'm glad I invested my money in really good shipping of ham. Yeah. Rather than pumpkin beer. Yeah. I mean, at least there's only one of these. You know, if it, right. if it was pumpkin beer, you'd have like. Right. Much to get rid of, so. It just sounds wrong, doesn't it? Pumpkin yeah. beer. You know what this smells like? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> it smells like at Thanksgiving dinner, somebody was drinking like Bud Light, 
And oh, then yeah. They, and then they accidentally, like, poured it all over their pumpkin pie. <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, yeah. oh, I'll just keep eating it. Yeah. I, I think you're right. I, I think you're yeah. right. Well, these guys, whatever, whoever, whatever company makes this uh, cider is never going to want to sponsor the show now. So. So I'm not going to lie. I'm a little dubious about this pastry cream. Uh, it's now set up overnight. And uh, it's a little runny, in fact. And pastry cream really needs to have like a little bit of structure to it. You know, I want it to not just ooze out of the eclair. So I'm going to give it a little bit of firmness and a little bit of stiffness and a little bit of backbone by adding some whipped cream, which will make this creme légère. I'm really curious now, you know, if there is an amount of tapioca that would work, if maybe I just didn't use enough, which is possible, but I am definitely, the next time I make pastry cream, I'm gonna make absolutely certain that I have cornstarch because cornstarch pastry cream has never failed me. I didn't make this super sweet. This is about half the amount of sugar to cream. Nice stiff peaks. My tapioca experiment, I'm going to call a complete failure. Yeah, it's really not. Really not good. <laughs> to the point where I'm a little nervous that it's even going to work with the cream in it. Let's see. So I'm just folding it in. And, oh man. This might not work at all for my purposes. To be perfectly honest with you, I am not sure that this is going to be usable for eclairs. It is way, way too thin and way too runny. Hmm. The addition of the, of, the, of the cream is not helping. It's not making it any stiffer. Okay, well. Well, <laughs> I guess, uh, I guess we're gonna have to start over. <laughs> Good times. All right, pastry cream take two. The tapioca, totally unusable. I'll find something to do with it, but uh, that was pretty disappointing. So I'm making a second batch because I am dedicated to these pumpkin eclairs. So I have, I'm going back and I'm making my pastry cream the way that I have always made my pastry cream with cornstarch. I went and bought some cornstarch, so I now have cornstarch. Uh, the tapioca experiment is over. I personally, right now, swearing off tapioca for the purposes of pastry cream. So I've got some cornstarch. I've got another batch of my pumpkin milk that I made exactly the same way, except this time, uh, if you'll remember, in the first batch, I was kind of in a hurry, and I just sort of squeezed and filtered and didn't take a lot of time with my pumpkin milk and with draining it, and I got 750 grams total. Well, this time, I actually let it drain inside a filter bag with a weight on it for eight hours, I suppose, and my yield was... 1100 grams of pumpkin milk considerably more just because I took a little bit of extra time to do it right uh, So I'm making this batch exactly the way that I made the other one So 750 grams of my pumpkin milk that I am heating up and infusing uh, a little bit of cardamom in uh, 192 grams of sugar half of it cooking with the milk right now the other half of it going into the eggs 12 egg yolks and roughly 17 grams of cornstarch per 250 grams of my pumpkin milk. 
I got right about 50 grams of cornstarch in here. You know, it's too bad about the other one. I mean, I can definitely use it. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it, but I can definitely use the, the stuff that's too runny because the flavor is really good. And actually, the mouthfeel is, is quite nice. Um, it's just, it's too saucy. So I'll try to figure out something to do with it. I wonder if you can freeze tapioca. I'll have to find out. It's basically a custard sauce at the moment that's thickened with a little tapioca. So if you could freeze tapioca, which I really don't know if you can or not, I'll have to check. I can make ice cream. <laughs> I'm just gonna ask Dr. Google, can you freeze tapioca? Yes, you can freeze tapioca pudding for months without losing its texture. Interesting. Hmm, you know, uh, I think I might be able to make ice cream out of this. Yeah, we gotta temper our eggs again. Again, this is, this is exactly the same as the, the process before, except this time I'm using cornstarch. And let's do the same thing that we did before. Put it back on, heat it up till it starts to thicken, bring it up to just where you're starting to see a couple of bubbles. Take it off the heat, cool it down. Okay, we're starting to thicken up here for sure. This, this is what it's supposed to look like. You know, that's the thing. This is what it's supposed to look like. The tapioca just had this like stretchiness. That was when the, the first seeds of doubt began to creep in because it was like almost like elastic and like a little gummy. It really wasn't that nice. <laughs> so I was having my doubts, but I, I kept the faith and, and I figured it, it'd eventually get there. And uh, no, I didn't. So we're starting to get a few bubbles, which means we're right about where we want to be. It's nice, it's beautiful. It's just uniform and thick and gorgeous. And it looks like, it looks like what pastry cream is supposed to look like. And it is so easy and all I had to do was use the cornstarch. Zip it through the tammy. Give it a taste. Mm. Oh yeah, oh that's way better. <laughs> no question. I feel so much better after this than I did after that, after looking at that tapioca. Man, I was so dubious. And now I'm so happy because I just gotta cool this down now, whip it after it's cooled, cause it's gonna stiffen up a little bit. And then once it gets completely cooled, I mean, we'll be pretty much ready to go and uh, make these eclairs. One thing I will say is because this took me a little extra time, my eclair shells were out a little bit long. So I threw them in the freezer. All I'm gonna have to do now when it's time for me to make the eclairs is pull them out of the freezer and then shove them back in uh, the oven you know, like a 400 degree oven for just 10 minutes or so, and they'll crisp up really nicely. It's one of the great things about eclairs um, and pot of shoe in general is that it freezes super well and it freezes super well raw as well. You can freeze it raw and cook it straight out of the freezer. The first time I did this, I was like, it's never gonna work, but it totally works. You just have to add a few minutes to the cook time but it absolutely, they will puff up just like if the dough was freshly made, even though they're completely frozen. You can make a huge batch of pot of shoe one day, pipe it all out, freeze it on a, on a sheet pan, take it all, put it in a plastic bag or put it in a Tupperware or whatever. Whenever you want it, you just pull out however many you want and there you go. All right, I gotta let this cool down and, and the next time I, my voice comes through, I will hopefully be piping and making the topping for the eclairs. Because I, I did make you try the ice cream since you loaned me the ice cream maker. Yeah. And what'd you think? Honest opinion. It uh, it was it was very um, very creamy. 
it wasn't too sweet. And the only thing that it had going against it was it had the tapioca starch in it. Yeah. And you, you could definitely tell that when you put it in your mouth, the mouthfeel of that was definitely there. Yeah, for sure. I noticed that too. Uh -huh. And it was, it was kind of firmer than I really wanted yeah. it to be, I think, really? because of... Yeah, well, I mean, and I think that was just because of the, the tapioca. Uh -huh. But, I mean, I thought it tasted pretty good. The it tasted was, really good. The flavor when was good. So, flavor know, was very good. For something I just had to rescue from pouring down the drain. You I know, know. I, I hate like... doing that. <laughs> but anyway, we're not here to talk about my pumpkin ice cream. No, no, but I just wanted to tell you a little more. Because when I was in high school and I worked at the, the ice cream parlor, and all the ice cream was, like, handmade down at a, a little dairy. Yeah. And... Seasonal ice cream was pumpkin. Yeah. And it was just some of the best I've ever had in my life. Anyway, right. so okay, I'm, I'm going to throw some of this chipotle hot sauce in here. All right. Just because I like dumping things in pots and stirring them. A little salt and pepper. And then we just let it simmer, Jeff. And then we get to talk about... Um, Until the sweet potatoes sweet pot yeah. get mushy. Yeah. Like, are you trying to get them, like, pureed soft? or No, just, just well, just soft. Okay. To the, you know, tender. All right. To, to eat. Where's it, are these your black beans? Those are my beans. All right. So I get to put some of those in there. Did you make these or? I did. All right. I love beans. I don't know why I don't make them more often. Okay, so initial taste, um, I'm tasting um, cumin. Too much or? Mm, maybe, but maybe not. All right, we're just gonna let it cook. And, it? Uh, Does anything else go in? A little black pepper. <laughs> and, and we let it cook and then it says you can serve it with uh, Greek yogurt, fresh cilantro, and, and green onion, which I only have green onion and sour cream, but that'll work. Oh, this is cooking nicely. It's pretty. It's got orange and red and the little black beans. Oh, yeah. It smells like chili because it's got chili powder in it and cumin. I mean, it does smell good. You know, I'm reaching the heat down. This stove is kind of hot. You have a spoon. I do have spoon. a spoon, yeah. I want to taste it. I just used my tasting spoon to taste your ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good. Here, give it a go. Yeah, let's see. Tell me what you think. It's really hot. Be careful. It's not like a mom. <laughs> Be careful. It's hot. Yeah, no look. kidding. What does it need? Everything? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I look at you. should see the look on his face, you guys. He's like, huh. You I never mean, made this, have you, Tara? I'm like, no, I, I actually haven't. <laughs> this is a first. Here, you try it. I'll try it. This isn't the weirdest thing I've ever cooked, you know. Oh, <laughs> it's not weird at all. No, it's really not that weird. I think it'll be much better. Tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> what? On a scale of on a scale of weird to, al <laughs> to almond chicken, I mean. <laughs> oh my god, remember that was fun. That was, you know, that was a fun show. That was because it didn't turn out. Hmm, it's not bad. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's not bad. I don't know. It'll be better. Will it? Well, if <laughs> if I drink more of that ale, <laughs> and I mean it's no, it's definitely it's definitely not bad for sure. Um, I don't know. What, I don't think I don't know what. I'm not gonna um, make any judgment yet until it's done. But I don't know if I do it again. I'm trying to think of what it might need. What might like? Because it just feels sort of bland. One dimensional. Yeah, ooh, good. You know what I mean? Yeah, one-dimensional. I like that. We'll probably could use some more of the, um, maybe need some more heat. I think a little heat would help for sure. Should, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I have a can of chipotles in adobo. 
And I bet you that would be I mean, good. those make everything better. Right? <laughs> I know, and the ham really those hasn't are, had Those time. are kind of the, like, chipotle's in adobo are like the thing where if you're like, yeah, this this isn't just isn't that great, but I want to eat it because I don't want to let it go right. to waste. You put that in there and it's always good. Hot, oh, that's what I do with um, green sauce. Green hot sauce, jalapeno sauce. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I put that on something I can eat anything. Oh, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I got a can Did of... you use all the pumpkin? No, I only used three quarters of a cup. I would use more. Okay. We'll put some more in. I, I love this. I would do that. Okay, more pumpkin. I agree. All right, more pumpkin went in. Yeah, because it doesn't really taste very pumpkin-y to me. It's I know. It's kind of part of it. Well, you don't want it to taste too weird. Well, no, you don't, but, but you know, you do want to have, like, at least sort of some identifiable yeah. pumpkin-ness. Pumpkin-ness? Yeah. All right. You know, I almost think like some cinnamon might be good. Well, you know, it has cinnamon in it, but we can put more in it. Did so, we, did, did, it, did it get cinnamon? Yeah, it got a little cinnamon. Yeah, let's get a little more. We'll get a little more cinnamon. I think cinnamon goes well with cinnamon? all that stuff. I do too. Okay, let me dump some more cinnamon in there. Because cinnamon has its own kind of heat too, so. It does. I love cinnamon. All right. Okay, everybody out there in listener land, what would you add? Plus, you know, like. <laughs> A lot of our, a lot of what we associate with pumpkin flavor is actually the, the spices. The spices, you know. excuse me. Yeah. Oh, that smells a lot better. Awesome. You gotta. I'm gonna go and look in my pantry. I'm pretty sure I have some chipotles. Well, now. <laughs> <laughs> now the balance is a little off. Well, that's to be expected. And um, needs a little more of the brown sugar, I think. It's, it's almost too, not vinegary. What's the word? I don't know. Acidic. Yeah. It's definitely thicker now. And it's kind of a darker flavor too, or uh -huh. color. It's pretty. Color too. Pepper in it too. What do you think? I'll, look. I'll just like to grind the pepper shaker. All right, that's it. I'm going to look for the- The chipotle? The chipotle. I know, I usually keep a can around. Oh, bingo, I win. Look, 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 I knew hey, that song. look at that. Ha <laughs> ha. Oh, you buy the big cans. I always buy the little ones. Well, that's probably all I could find when I bought it. All right, how much do you think I should put in here? We don't gotta, we don't want it too hot, you know. Did you did you taste that yet? Uh, uh no. Where's your spoon? Uh, it's thick, that's for sure. Oh, it's definitely got a little heat now. It's a lot better. It is a lot better. It, you know what? It'll probably be really really good tomorrow. Yeah, actually, like, like most, it, it, I think it improved from something that. Do you think it needs more chili powder? I mean, it wouldn't hurt. Okay, I'll, I have a. Um, a good good supply of that. What is the weird thing I ran out of the other day and I couldn't believe it? Oh, bay leaves. I was like, I can't believe I ran out of bay leaves. So, you know what I'm kind of thinking, and tell me, this might sound nuts. What? You know what almost might be really good in there? What? Is like a little bit of peanut butter. Oh, no, that doesn't sound nuts at all. A little peanut butter would be a really cool idea. I mean, it goes with. It goes with all the stuff. All the stuff that's in it. Yeah. All right. I think I know where that is, though. The peanut butter? Yeah, it's down there. Okay, get it out of the way. Peanut butter. <clears throat> yeah, I just feel like it needs a dimension that's not there, and for some reason, I think that that might. That's a that's a very good idea. That might do it. Yeah, I don't think we. Yeah, you, I don't think we need too much. Do you think much. it's? Well, if it's too much, it's too late now. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fine, but. Okay. Yeah, I probably wouldn't go. You know, no one. You know, it tastes like peanut butter. This is totally morphed into something else. Yeah, well, I mean, you well, know, really. I mean, the original was kind of like whatever. It's just a guy. So, you know, you got to save it. 
Kind like of like me, like me trying to save the the, right. the crappy tapioca pastry cream. Yeah, we know, made turning it into ice cream. We made crappy stuff together before. That's the theme. There's no such thing as failure. I know. I, I'm I'm such a perfectionist, though. I think that everything I do should be perfect, right off the get go. All right, let me try this. All right, you try it. It's way thick now. It's way there thick. We, we could always add some more um, broth. Ooh yeah. I have more more broth. More broth. Mm -hmm. No 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. Oh, that's good. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Should we enter a recipe contest with it? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> but, oh, come on. But it's a lot better than where we started. <laughs> yeah, I did need a little help. Yeah. Mmm. Ooh. I like it. Yeah, there's actually, like, it, it, it has some, it lingers now mm -hmm. on the palate. You know, it just doesn't go away. I think it should um, cook a little bit. Yeah, I think it definitely needs a little. Do you time think we need the... more chipotles? I don't think so. Okay. I would. I would just leave it like that. And, I think we'll know. just let it stew in its own juices, huh? Yeah. No. So I, to speak. I, I would. I would say that's pretty close to. To what? To this being is something. A, this is as good as you. You can't make a, <laughs> a silver out of a sour beer. My dad always said. Yeah. No, it's good. I I actually like that. We didn't deviate too too bad off the the guide. Well, I mean, you know. We... But the peanut butter was an awesome idea. Thanks. Yeah, he's, Jeff, this, this guy, he knows his, his stuff. <laughs> you're just like, you just need something, you know? I know, and you, I, don't you hate that? And it needs, like, you know what it, you know what it really was, is, is, is it needed, like, like, a little bit of, like, richness to it, you know, because peanut mm -hmm. butter has a lot of fat. Rich and, it's like It's like, it's like adding cream to stuff, you know? Like, it's, yeah. that's the same kind of, kind of thing you're, you're looking for. That's kind of what I was thinking. I thought, should we put cream in it? And I went... Well, no, because that would just kind of take all the spices and yeah. cut them yeah, down Yeah, cream's again. super dulling. Right. Yeah. Very dulling. Yeah. And I went, no, we don't want to put cream in it. That no, was I, a great idea. I like that. No, that... All right, that, cool. That works. We have just about reached the end of our... Rather more epic than it was supposed to be journey to make these pumpkin eclairs. But we haven't given up. Despite the utter failure of my tapioca pastry cream, we're here with a properly made cornstarch pastry cream. I got a little whipped cream left over from making, from trying to save the original pumpkin pastry cream. Gradually fold in my whipped cream. That should work pretty well. I'm about to fill these eclairs and I've got them, I took them out of the frid or out of the freezer and I threw them in the oven, 400 degree oven for like 10 or 12 minutes, something like that, just until they were warmed through and uh, had regained a little crispiness. I could pipe this through a Bismarck tip, which is a, a standard conical pastry tip, but it's got a long sort of spout on the end of it, like a tube, and you squirt it into one end of the, of the eclair or the cream puff or the bottom or wherever and you can fill the inside without cutting the top off. But for this, I actually think, I think today I actually want to cut the tops. And it's purely an aesthetic thing. The nice thing about cutting the top off is you know you're gonna fill it all the way and you can make some nice, you know, kind of designs with your piping bag. If your eclairs are not perfectly shaped, cutting the top off can uh, help you to make them look a little more attractive. The Bismarck tip where you fill it from the inside, those are nice because they look really cool if you have perfect eclair shells. When you fill it all the way, it's super cool because you pick up this thing that looks like, you know, and even though you know that there's a creamy center, it's still 
like a little bit surprising when it when you actually get there it can be a little difficult especially with something bigger like an eclair to make sure that you fill everything there typically will be like a little bit of webbing on the inside of a, a eclair or a cream puff or whatever which sometimes is is enough to keep the the pastry cream from properly distributing throughout your pastry so i'm going i'm just going through and i'm cleaning out all the webbing on the inside of the bottoms and of the tops hmm. Ooh, nice yeah there's definitely a spice there i just took a little sample of some of the inside once these two get unified i think we'll get something that's very reminiscent of pumpkin pie but that's extremely light which for all of pumpkin pie's many positive factors light and delicate typically not pumpkin pie traits so i'm just lining these up with the shells on the bottom and the tops on the top in two parallel rows. I'm gonna go ahead and load up my pastry bag, or in this case, my other parchment paper, because I still forgot to actually get a pastry bag. But again, it's okay. It's one of the quick fixes that works, unlike subbing tapioca starch in for <laughs> cornstarch all right so i have a flat tip that is uh totally flat on the bottom and um has got like uh teeth on the top so it'll make sort of a sort of a ridged effect almost like a ribbony effect and i'm just gonna very slowly fill my clear shell and it's okay if it overflows a little bit because we're going to have the top and it's going to look a little jaunty if we so that's my eclairs filled now i'm leaving the tops off for now because now we got to finish now we've got to make the final piece of the puzzle which is my pecan praline topping so let's make some praline about a cup and a half of white sugar about three quarters of a cup of demerara sugar three quarters of a stick of butter and I have a half a cup of evaporated milk. And oh yeah, I need a little shot of vanilla. And I also roasted a couple of cups of pecans at about 250, maybe about 45 minutes or so. And then I smashed them with a meat hammer. Pretty much got this recipe out of a book called The Encyclopedia of Cajun and Creole Cooking by a very famous South Louisiana chef called John Fulce. The Demerara sugar is a change he uses regular milk and I used evaporated. Couldn't get much simpler. I'm just gonna cook this to, uh, is it the softball? 239 degrees. Once we're there, I'm gonna drizzle the mixture over the top of my eclairs. It'll sort of harden on them. And this is, this is kind of one of the reasons that I chose to use this star tip when I piped my eclairs, because now they have ridges that'll catch this stuff inside of it. It'll trap it there while it cools down. There we go, starting to see some Bubbling, boiling action here. Holding pretty steady at 217 right now. 225, 226. Mm, ooh, now it's starting to smell good. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, now it's smelling like pralines. Oh, yeah. Oh, it just, it just hit like right, at, right here at like 227, 228. All of a sudden it was like, ooh, now it smells like what it's supposed to smell like. 35. Yeah, the consistency is definitely changing quite a bit becoming a lot more viscous it's starting to like when I stir it it like wants to stick to the sides of the pan 238 all right I just want to touch 239 there it is there it is 239 so I'm gonna turn that off 
keep stirring. I'm gonna grab a spoon because this will be a little easier to apply with a spoon. I'm just gonna drip it gently onto my tops a little bit at a time and it's gonna come. Make sure you get some pecans on the top too. Oh look, hey, you guys are gonna laugh. I just found a huge stash of pastry bags in the back of my pantry. <laughs> that would have been good to know. Just gonna take my top, smoosh it down just a bit. Those guys are all on. Well, I'm curious. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm definitely curious. Probably it's still a little warm, but that's okay. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do this. I gotta do this. I gotta have one of these. Mm. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, that's good. Oh man, that's totally good. That is 100% worth it. Yeah, it evokes both the pumpkin pie and the pecan pie, but it's its own thing. It's got a different texture. It's got the crunchiness of the shells. It's got the smoothness and the softness of the pastry cream. It's got a little bit of a the nutty flavor from the nuts. It's got the praline, which is not overwhelmingly sweet. You know, and in that case, in, in that situation, the pastry, the, uh, the pastry shell helps, you know, because it cuts some of the sweetness of the other things. So it keeps everything in balance. And uh, mm. Mm. that's a winner. Mm. That's really good. There's a long path to get there, that's for sure. But uh, it works. Check Pantry is a production of KBBI AM 890 in Homer, Alaska. It's produced and hosted by Jeff Lockwood. Today's guest was Terry Robel. The theme music is String Quartet Opus 10 Movement 2 by Claude Debussy, performed by Quator Ebane. This is the first episode of the winter 2021-22 season of Check the Pantry. Support for Check the Pantry comes from the Grog Shop Wine Club which each month provides members with two or three bottles of unique wines that are currently unavailable in the Homer market. These wines are curated by Patrick Driscoll, who's worked at Michelin star restaurants in New York and is the only level three sommelier in Alaska. More information at 235-5101. Additional support for this season of Check the Pantry comes from Bay Realty. Bay Realty has been listing and selling homes, lots, acreage, multifamily, commercial properties, and property management in the Southern Kenai Peninsula since 1974. Learn more and view current listings at bayrealtyalaska.com or by calling 235-6183. Your financial donation as a listener makes this and other KBBI programs possible. Visit the KBBI public radio website at kbbi.org support to help produce programs like this.